All right, guys. Well, good morning again. Hey, for those of you who have not met, my name is Wes Butler. I'm the director of family ministry here at Watermark. And so uh, it is always an encouraging thing to walk into a room of uh, 200 uh, dads willing to get up early in the morning to talk about and think about uh, what it looks like to be uh, a father and, uh, and to uh, just be a faithful shepherd uh, of your kids. You know, as we think about family ministry here at Watermark, there, there's a few things that we want to make sure that we say over and over and over again. And, and the first thing is just this, that, that we believe that the primary role of every parent is uh, that of a disciple maker. That because uh, we are created in the image of God and we have been commissioned by Jesus Christ, our Savior, to go and to make disciples of all nations, that starts uh, right within our home. And so all of you are disciple makers. The only question is, what kind of disciple maker are you going to be? What kind of disciples uh, will come from you? You're, you're going to make disciples, whether you want to or not. Uh, just look at uh, which college uh, uh, you know, apparel is represented in your child's uh, you know, baby bin or in their closet, and you are already making a disciple. Uh, and so uh, we, we want to make sure, though, that we are making disciples in a way that will impact not just their, their college future, but their eternity and the eternity and the kingdom of our God here. And so uh, that, that's what we want to do. Now, with that, we also want to say that then the goal of disciple making is not to not necessarily to make disciples. For us as dads, our goal in that is just to be faithful. Because we are not, uh, we can't control what our kids will and won't do, right? How they'll respond to our discipleship. But what we do, what we can control is how are we doing? Are we being faithful in this role that, that God has given to us? And so what faithfulness looks like, we're going to say often uh, over this next year, you're going to hear us say it a lot, is just this, that uh, for us to be faithful disciple makers, it means that we model our faith for our kids, that we train up our children in the way that they should go, that we pray faithfully and consistently for them, Right? And then that we trust God and that we don't live in fear and in anxiety of, man, what is going to happen? but that we can trust God with the results. And so that's what we wanna help uh, you guys to do in this topic this morning, which is uh, each month as we gather together, we're gonna take a topic and address that topic and look at, man, what does God's word say about it? How should we as dads not just kind of go with the flow of the culture, but really be purposeful and intentional in the way that we shepherd uh, our families in this. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear from my buddy, John McGee. Uh, John, in some ways, is kind of the grandfather of dad. You sat in uh, John's office, uh, gosh, about a year ago or so and just said, hey man, what if we did something like this? And John uh, helped me to brainstorm and think through that. And so I'm excited for you guys to, to hear from him. He is one of the dads who challenges me the most uh, as, a, as a dad. And so I can't wait for you to hear from him. Uh, so before we do that though, I want you to watch this video so you can learn a little bit more uh, about John and his family. Welcome back everyone, 623 and Greg is joining us with another TGI Texas. And uh, this one focuses on family and faith and spending that quality time with your loved ones, Greg. Oh, yeah, another fun uh, shoot we had getting to go out to the uh, ballpark and I met a family that they told me they realized years ago that they, they, they only have a certain number of summers left with their kids. So they decided to make every one of them count and help spread their faith along the way. Our summer vacation was a kind of a whirlwind vacation, if you want to call it that. It was Toronto, Niagara Falls, and New York City. It's a time to be together. It's a time to, to go explore. Uh, it's a time to, to learn about each other, uh, things you, you didn't know maybe because you, you get to bond because we're with each other 24-7. 
trying to make a big X. What if we all jump off with an X? Good job, one more. Meet the McGee's, a big family with a passion for faith and baseball. So talk about this idea of you guys traveling around the country going to all the ballparks, all the major league ballparks. We kind of imagined that we had a shot clock above our kids' heads and they were clicking down really, really quick. You know, in 18 years, it was going to go to zero. So we wanted to make, make the most of our opportunities, make some great memories. And so I think just one night I just came home, we were having dinner, and I said, hey guys, what if uh, we went to every major league ballpark uh, in the country? So they took on the challenge, going through the gates of Seattle's Safeco Field, Toronto's Rogers Center, Wrigley Field in Chicago, and Boston's historic Fenway. Five years traveling together. It was a little bit about baseball. It was just a lot about being together. Pictures at every park and taking every opportunity to spread God's word. Yeah, we were in um, uh, Oregon coming out of Crater Lake and a guy had, you know, he had run out of gas. And so we got to hear his story and share our faith with him. It's that faith that they're holding on to as they get ready to send their oldest on his own journey. Going off to college, what are you going to take from this experience over the past five years? Well, first, I'm really going to miss these guys. I think just yeah. spending this time over the past five years has really made me appreciate uh, how great of a relationship I have with my family. Um, but one thing, you know, kind of in that is that I've learned just kind of not to, you know, waste chances like this. He's ready to do the next thing and be used the way the Lord wants to use him. Whether it's baseball, nature, or big city adventures, savor those summers because they go by the blink of an eye. You know, one of the things I always say, if your faith is not working at home, it's not working. Yeah. And, you know, and they get this. They took that time on the road. Yeah. The kids were talking about when they first started doing it, they were kind of bickering and fighting with each other. But over time, they really can't became close and, yeah. and got closer and learned a lot about each other. Are we there yet? <laughs> Are we right. there yet? There was a little of that. That yeah. is Are we there so yet? cool, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, at a time when you really see a lot of families disconnecting right. and everyone on their phones or social media or going their separate ways to yeah. see how they've come together, I think that's really lovely. And, and listen, you don't have to replicate what they did. Do what you can do. Do what you can afford yeah. to do. Mm -hmm. Greg's going to hit every Whataburger <laughs> in the state of Texas. Oh, that might not be too summer. healthy. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so let us know uh, if so you cool. had a similar experience. All right. Well, good morning, brothers. Um, it is fun to be with you. I, I don't know what's going to happen when you get home if your wife is going to uh, make it worth your while for getting up uh, early or if your kids are going to say, we can't believe you are our dad. We are blessed among all children. Um, I don't know how it's going to go for you, but I want you to know right out of the top uh, this morning, I hold you in very high regard. And uh, it is fun to be with men who want to make this short season count. And uh, I'm honored just to have a few minutes uh, to spend with you. That shot clock analogy, guys, has, uh, has been incredibly helpful to us. Some of you came in this morning and go, hey, John, I'm still thinking about the shot clock. And uh, I'll give it to you if you, uh, if you haven't uh, heard it. Uh, you've got 18 summers uh, with your kids. You've got about 7,000 plus days, and that is it in terms of them being in the home. And uh, I remember when I would come home and I would be tired, I wouldn't want to engage, I wouldn't want to tuck in, I wouldn't want to have spiritual conversations. It was really helpful for me to remember that I had a finite number of days, uh, of hours, minutes, and seconds. And I imagined the shot clock above my kids' heads and it was ticking down. And I remember 
you know, my kids wanted to jump on the trampoline and I was tired and I didn't, my blood sugar was low at the end of the day. And I would remember I've got a finite number uh, of asks from my, uh, my little girl to jump on the trampoline, right? Guys, you've, you've got uh, a very short window where you come home and your son rips his shirt off and he looks at you with his two teeth that are missing and he said, dad, let's wrestle. Man, don't ever pass up. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to wrestle uh, with your son. So today we want to talk about kind of um, sports, extracurricular activities, all those kind of things. Uh, Wes said, I didn't pray. Would you pray? Let's pray. Ask for God's help. And then we're going to jump in. Father, um, we want to make the most of these opportunities that are short, that are, um, that are so incredibly important. And uh, sports, extracurricular activities, um, they can crowd the schedule. They can be incredibly helpful to the discipling of our, our children, um, but they can squeeze out uh, time for us to spend time with our kids. And so would you help us just see it in its proper place? Uh, would you give us our own unique vision for our families and uh, not compare uh, to others? And um, would you just give us wisdom um, and remind us, remind us of our primary role is to disciple our, our kids. Uh, we ask for your help, uh, for wisdom. We ask for energy uh, during this season. In Christ's name, amen. So, hey, guys, I want to talk about, I've got literally uh, 12 and a half minutes, and, uh, which is a horrible uh, assignment. But so I think the best way I can help you is to give you three ways I think you can mess up uh, sports and extracurricular activities uh, for your kids. Okay, in 12 minutes, here's three ways you can really mess this up. Number one is that you can, um, you can forget what your role is. Okay? You can forget what your role is. If, you've, if you're skewed, if you're confused on that, everything uh, is going to go sideways for you. And a verse we quote a lot here um, in Dad, you, Deuteronomy 6, just to remind us in the Old Testament, um, God says, hey, this is the thing I want you to do more than anything else, just to love, love me. And then I want you to talk about this with your kids. I want you to do it when you wake up and when you go to bed and when you uh, sit around at your house, maybe at mealtimes and when you walk around. For us, it would be in the car, right? right? In the car. I want you to impress these things, which a better translation might be to uh, engrave or to groove. And your, your job uh, as a dad is to groove the things of God on your kids' hearts. And when Jesus was asked uh, in Matthew 22, they asked Jesus, hey, what is the greatest command? Like Jesus like, can you net this out for us? You've, you've said lots of things. Can you help us understand what's most important? You guys, know, you guys know what he answers. He tells the disciples and all those that are there with him, hey, two things I want from you. One, I want you to love God. Second, I want you to love others. Right. Love God, love others. Every time I'm confused about what I'm supposed to do as a Christ follower, every time I'm confused about what I'm supposed to tell my kids to do, uh, it is so, so helpful for me to remember that I'm supposed to help them love God and love others. If you're a McGee and you uh, get dropped off in the morning uh, at school, right, the last thing you're going to hear uh, dad say 95% of the time is, hey guys, have a great day, loving God, loving others, and being a servant leader. Like, let's don't, let's don't be confused about what we're supposed to do today. And dads, that is your job. That is your job. And we get confused. We think it's about other things, and we think it's about creating uh, these incredible uh, human beings that are going to make us proud, that are going to do, uh, do the family uh, proud. Years ago, um, one of my daughters was in a, a ballet class, 
And, uh, and I don't know if they still have this. It's a little program that was in Dallas and the girls would wear tutus and uh, run around and, and dance and sing and uh, they would have like, praise and worship music and they would do, uh, do these little uh, recitals. And I remember I'm sitting in there uh, at kind of the uh, practice time and, you know, this is not like uh, preparation for the New York uh, Ballet Company, right? This is not that. They're just having fun. And I looked in there, and there was a woman uh, who goes to this church. Her name is Robin Rice, if you know her. And, uh, and, I, and I looked in there, and I said, hey, Robin, like, have you thought about, like, something a little more serious, um, you know, than, uh, than this with, you know, your daughters? Which is really, it's like this condescending way of me saying, like, come on. Like, this is... Um, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna raise professional ballerinas, let's be honest, in this, uh, in this environment. And Robin Rice wheeled around on me, and she, uh, she said it in a way that only Robin could say. She said, John, <laughs> my job is not to raise ballerinas. My job is to raise young women who love God, and this helps me do that, you know? And I was, I went from like bravado to just, you, 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 just, you win, Robin. You're, you're a better parent uh, than me. And I think about, I think about Robin's um, words a lot. My job is not to raise ballerinas. My job is not to raise NFL stars. My job is to raise kids who love God and love others. That's my job. We will get confused. You're going to think that your job is to raise a kid who gets a 36 on the ACT and gets into either Sanford or Harvard or MIT. You're going to get confused and think that your job is to raise a kid who's so incredibly musically talented that Juilliard's going to come and knock on your door and beg and plead for you to send your kid there. You're going to think that it's about raising kids who have such incredible leadership quality that West Point comes knocking. Or that, uh, that your kid is, um, you know, this entrepreneurial whiz kid who is going to create the next uh, Facebook and, uh, or be the next rising star that's going to be on every magazine and that you'll well up with pride and that you will be the envy of all uh, of your friends. Or maybe, maybe you think it's the, the athletics and you think you want your kid, um, when it comes signing day, right, you want all the lights and the cameras there, and you want to be standing by their side, and you want them to say something about how much time you spent with him as a, as a dad, helping him throw that curveball. Or maybe, maybe it's about beauty and, um, and just relationships, and, and you want your kid to be beautiful, right? or marry somebody beautiful, and we will get confused. And one of the ways you're going to mess up sports and extracurricular activities, men, is to forget your primary role. And it is, it is to raise kids who love God. I'll ask you a couple questions. What is it that you reward? What behaviors do you reward? It's a pretty good tell. And uh, just for us, we never rewarded for uh, home runs, uh, points scored, uh, free throws, uh, good serves in volleyball. But we did reward for uh, things that we thought were leading indicators uh, spiritually. So we always would reward for uh, kids who would memorize scripture. We'd, take, we'd do something really special with them at the end of the summer if they memorized a chapter. Uh, right now, our family um, is in the middle of a 120-day challenge. We're using an app called Habit Share. And so everybody checks in in the morning or the night whenever they have their quiet time, and they'll just... Um, uh, let everybody know in the family that they've had their quiet time. And so if the kids will do it for 120 days straight, uh, dad has got to pay up in a very, very significant uh, 
potentially painful uh, monetary way. And, uh, but I, I want to do that uh, more, than, more than anything else. Those are the behaviors that I want to reward. So what is it that you reward, right? Uh, and second, what makes you uh, mad or concerned? Right. And what's, what, what, like, what ticks you off? Is it that your kid would go a whole season and never get a hit? Or that your kid would go long seasons and never uh, open up the scriptures and, and have um, any kind of desire to spend time with God? What is it that torques you? What is it that concerns you? What would keep you up at night? Is it their GPA? Right? Is it their ability to play an instrument? Or is it their desire to love God and love others? Right. And so, guys, we can't get confused. That is our primary goal. Okay? Another way we can mess this up is we can make it about us. And I remember uh, my very first soccer game as a dad. Uh, those of you guys who haven't been there, um, what a trip. Uh, those of you guys that have, you're still probably trying to forget it. Um, and so we're there on the soccer game, kindergarten, pre-kindergarten soccer, I think, actually. And um, this, this is no, no lie. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, kind of running down. You know, the kids can't run that fast. And so I'm, like, running down the sideline with my kids, and I'm, like, yelling at them. And I keep turning to my wife, they're not passing the ball. They're not passing the ball. There's open players over there. They're not passing. These kids are, like, four or five, right? four or five. No one passes. If they can just not trip and fall over and kick the ball, you win, right? And, I, and I'm wanting them to get it out to the wing and do a cross shot at, at four or five. And I remember, I, my, my wife didn't say anything. She just like ra- eyes, eyebrows raised, looked at me. And I, and I, I remember feeling convicted. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, John, is this the way it's going to go, <laughs> you know, for the next 18 years with all your kids? And I remember just kind of in that moment, just saying this, this is not about me. This is not about me. And so now our MO, when the kids come off the field, off the court, uh, is just to tell them no matter what happened, hey, loved watching you play. I loved watching you play. Not, oh, buddy, you know, what, uh, if you just, you know, your elbow is dropping, that's why you, that's why you keep fouling your behind on the ball. Right? I love watching you play. This isn't about me right? And uh, you had your moment in high school, okay? <laughs> if they're still talking about you in your hometown, great. Uh, and if not, and if not, don't put that on your kids. Don't put that on your kids. This is about them. This is not about you. You'll mess it up if you get confused. Number three, you'll compare your families to others, right? You'll compare your kids to others, and you'll want and be frustrated, um, if your kids don't do what other kids can do. And can I just tell you this? If your kid uh, is slow, if your kid can't play an instrument, um, if your kid can't sing, if he can't paint, if he can't uh, re- catch, your problem is not with your kid. Your problem is with God. God gave your kids the aptitudes that they have. You can, you can pull it out. You can hone it. But if your kid, you know, they, they stand on the 100-yard dash and he's the last one, don't yell at your kid. Don't say, why can't you be fast like Johnny, right? Because your problem isn't with your kid, it's with God and the gifts that he uh, gave him. So you can, if you want to be mad, take it up with him and let me know uh, how that goes, okay? <laughs> um, everybody lies about their kids. Yeah, everybody on Facebook will, will 
post, you know, little Johnny hit the home run, game winning. It was awesome. You know, we're celebrating with ice cream and no, nobody makes that post. Hey, bases loaded. Uh, we were down by two and Johnny struck out and lost the game. Sa- hashtag sad day. Hashtag sad dad, right? No one does that. And you think you're the only one and you're not. Okay, so don't compare yourself to others. So the role of sports, guys, uh, I would just say, uh, you see, if you see that, you got it all in its proper place, sports can be amazing. It's a great teacher of the entire human experience. It really, really is. And you can disciple your kids through the ups and downs of sports in really, really incredible ways. Um, and I would say, if you're gonna be there anyway, right, if you're gonna drive them to and from practice to the games, go ahead and coach. And you don't have to know anything about uh, sports. You can get the clipboard and be the encouraging dad, right? That most, most, uh, most teams need an encouraging dad has been my, my experience. And so what I would do every, you know, every year, baseball or whatever, I would send the, uh, the parents a, uh, an, an email and say, hey, we're going you know, to talk about baseball. I teach your kids some skills. But really what I'm, why I'm doing this is I want to teach, teach our boys to be men and be leaders. And so here's what I'm gonna talk about at the end of practice for five minutes, and uh, it's optional, uh, but just want you to know, and we'll absolutely talk about Jesus. There'll generally be some Bible verse. If that's a problem, you have no problem, it won't impact your kid's playing ability, but that's just kind of the way uh, I wanna run that. You know, let, let me know if there's a problem. Never been an issue, never been an issue. And one of the things I was remembering today, we use John Bryson's, um, kind of five things that boys and men do. And we would, at the end of the you know, inner practice, take a knee, and we would talk about one of these. One, here, here they are real quick. You can look up John Bryson, and you could probably find these. But uh, boys take, men give. Boys criticize, men create. Boys complain, men solve. Boys consume, men serve. Boys pout, and men endure. And so we'd take one of those, and we'd say, hey, what, what does a boy do? What does a man do? Who was the best example of endurance? Okay. Great. Has anybody ever had anything that's happened that hard happened to Jesus? No? Okay, great. So we can, we can grow uh, as men and, and endure, and, uh, and those are really good, good, good times, okay? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll just, two more things, and then uh, Wes will try to honor the time. Um, there is incredible danger in uh, select sports and thinking that your kids have to play a part. If your kid has an aptitude and a desire and you have margin in your family where you can still pull off the Deuteronomy 6 things, have at it, okay? But I watched so many families just feel like they were missing out, right? Their kids were five, and they're like, you would hear these things at five or at six. You know what? He'll be behind. He'll never catch up. He's six. He can't color in the lines yet. There is no falling behind yet. We have no idea how good this kid will be. And I watched so many of my, my son's friends uh, burn out. And uh, they're now graduating high school. And they, they don't want anything to do with the sport that their dad was so passionate uh, about. It wasn't about them. Okay? You might have a kid who is passionate. And he's like, Dad, let's throw the ball. Let's throw the ball. Can I pitch to you? Okay, that's a kid you might, want to, uh, you might want to get behind and give him some opportunities, right? Or if you only have one kid, we had four. We just couldn't, we couldn't work it in to have kids, you know, all over the country playing select sports. We just couldn't. And we didn't have a kid that was wearing us out. And so we took some measured steps, and we were still able to pull off uh, the Deuteronomy 6 mandate, okay? Same thing for extracurricular activities. I think they're great. It's so good for kids to have something uh, that they can master. Uh, 
they can master one thing, I think they can master uh, others. Just don't load them, load them down. Right? And you, you, we do that because we want our kids to thrive and succeed. And I will tell you, if you, if you, do, uh, if you look at a lot of the research, time with you is a way better predictor of success, of being well-balanced, having relationships at work than uh, any kind of extracurricular activities, right? S specifically, some things they've measured is uh, number of meals shared together as a family per week uh, as opposed to extracurricular activities. Bet on the, the meals uh, per week, time with you, than the piano, guitar, voice, debate, DECA, any of that stuff, okay? Which is great. All that stuff really is great. Master it, own it, jump in, learn, but don't give up on your time, on tuck-in times, morning breakfast with your kids, car rides where you are engaged and they still have emotional and uh, physical energy uh, to engage with you, okay? Great to be with you, brothers. Um, let's don't forget our role and uh, have a great time uh, shepherding your kiddos through here. So let me pray, and then uh, we're going to have some guys come talk through, I think, some of the more practical uh, components of that, okay? Father, I take it that because these men are here, more than anything else in their lives, what they want to do is be great dads. They want to steward this short moment, uh, these 18 summers, these 7,000 days. And so because that's their desire, because that lines up with who uh, you are and your desire for the family and... Um, your dreams or maybe mandates for them, uh, I pray you'd help them. Uh, if there's tweaks they need to make in their schedule and their thinking, um, conversations they need to have with their wife, I pray they would have the courage to do so. And I pray more than anything else, the thing they would be chasing, the thing they would be driving toward, the thing they would stay awake at night, long into the night, praying and thinking about, uh, is helping their kids love you and love others. And so would you give them some great moments, great moments. Um, uh, as dads, as they coach, as they sit in the stands, as they cheer on, uh, as they go through the ups and downs of sports and extracurricular activities. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, John. So the goal this morning is to get the hashtag sad dad trending. So we're going to see what we can do on that. Uh, it's a great word, my friend. Hey, uh, what I want us to do now is just give you a chance to hear from some other dads uh, and uh, from uh, just kind of their perspective on this deal. And so I'm just going to uh, introduce these guys real quickly, and then we're going to dive into just a handful of questions. So uh, first up down there is uh, Charles Bundren. So everybody say hello to Charles. Charles and his wife, Karen, have uh, been married for 31 years. Praise God for that uh, and his grace. And they have four kiddos, so Brittany, Blair, Jennifer, and John. Uh, all of those kids uh, attend here. Some of them have been on staff. Karen actually is on staff here at Watermark, but uh, they are here plugged in, serving and, and using their gifts uh, here. Uh, all of his kids grew up playing sports all the way through high school, uh, did the select sports thing, uh, planned family vacations around select sports uh, activities during the summer and uh, all that kind of stuff. And so Charles is going to speak uh, a little bit from that experience. Um, next to him is Marshall Treadaway. So Marshall and his wife, Alice, have been married for 13 years. They have three kiddos. So Parker, 
There he is. Uh, so Parker, Callie, uh, and Tucker, and uh, and Marshall is uh, my coach. Oh, he's not my coach. I guess he's my son's coach. Uh, one of the coaches. So uh, uh, Marshall and Allison have coached uh, most of their kids' sports teams uh, where they could. Especially soccer is uh, something that Marshall and Allison played uh, growing up, and then um, uh, met actually. Right? You guys met in college, kind of through soccer, or at least sort of, sort of kind of. Um, and so uh, so anyway, so Marshall uh, and Allison have been very purposeful in the way that they. Uh, shepherded their kids and their family's uh, time in this realm. And then my buddy Blake McJunkin, if you guys don't know Blake, uh, Blake uh, and his wife Katie have been married for a year and a half. And, uh, and they have a little girl, which I don't think we have a picture, which is a crime. I know you did, and I don't think we pulled it. So, uh, but uh, Blake is actually, I wanted Blake to come and share because Blake grew up uh, in a family. He was the oldest of four and um, Four, right? Did I do that right? Uh, the oldest of four and, uh, and played all of your, uh, or you played a lot of sports growing up, pretty much anything that had a ball or a puck or anything that you could, uh, could do. Uh, and then Blake ultimately went on and played uh, college uh, sports at SMU, played football there and uh, followed in his daddy's footsteps. So Kirk, his dad, uh, played uh, at UT and then went on to the NFL for a few years. And so, uh, so we wanted Blake to share some of uh, his experience uh, in this uh, realm as well. So guys, here's kind of the first question I'd love for us to talk about, uh, and this goes to what John was just talking about, of uh, just really the, the heart and the, the core values, what made uh, you know, the decision for him uh, and for us what should be the, the most important thing for us as we think about really all of um, uh, the decisions we make for our families, just those core values, those things are at the heart. So what, what are or were some of the core values that informed or informed uh, your decision today uh, regarding sports and activities? I get to, is this on? <clears throat> I get to go first, huh? Um, well, I'm going to be real honest. You know, when we started, I, we, I played sports when I was a little young. My wife played a lot of sports. And so we, when we kind of got started with kids, it was just kind of a natural thing that we thought they were going to be in sports. But then we, and so we, and we, we played a lot uh, all over, uh, as, as Wes said. All of them played, and we did all kinds of things. And we traveled a lot. And so we just kind of incorporated our family time into those trips and into all of the time that we spent together. So I wouldn't, I, you know, when it comes to making a decision about whether or not you do or do not do it, I'm going to be honest, it wasn't really a core value that we had. We just kind of fell into it. And the kids were real passionate about it. And, uh, and so we, we, we spent time going back and forth to practices, going back and forth to trips <clears throat> and taking trips all over the country. <clears throat> and in that in that time, we were able to develop a lot of quality time with the kids. But I'm not going to tell you that I had that we, we kind of sat and prayed. Well, should we or should we not? You know, do this. That that would be dishonest. Sure. Yeah, that. that's good. It's awesome, Marshall. What about for you guys? Um, so for us, I don't know that we had like uh, super well defined like bullet point core values, but it was. Um, we always thought that sports, like we, we grew up playing sports and even into adulthood, like I played soccer until I was 30 or something, but, um, we always valued sports and what it could teach our kids with perseverance and teamwork and all that, uh, activities, you know, keeping in shape and all that. Um, so, but we, we loved sports, but we always recognized that they were like a secondary thing. Sports were kind of a means to an end. Uh, for us, and we always just kind of kept that out in front. They were a means to developing character. They were actually, uh, it was outreach for us. You know, we were very intentional and, and still are about trying to develop relationships with the other 
with our kids, friends, parents, you know, and a lot of that comes through sports. Um, also teaching our kids that they should be looking for the kids on the periphery of their teams, you know, the kids that are down and out and having a hard time. Uh, you know, it even happened in practice last night. You know, one of the kids was struggling because he's a bit out of shape. And so uh, uh, Parker went over, my oldest went over there and just said, hey, man, it sounded like practice was hard. I'm sorry about that. You know, just like developing relationships like that. We also didn't want, we didn't want sports to like control our lives. We had zero appetite to be um, traveling all over the place, dedicating all of our weekends to sports. And uh, you're going to ask, like, what's the biggest downfall? And ours has to do with that. It's like when we did let sports overlap. I can talk about that in a second. But um, those are the sorts of things that defined what we thought about sports. And additionally, probably the biggest one is something John said. If we were going to be out there, we were going to be coaching or involved. We uh, certainly with soccer, which is kind of our specialty, we wanted to be coaching and uh, leading that effort uh, for a bunch of reasons. One, it's just time with our kids. Again, it's, it's outreach. Like, this is time that you're going to be spending. Let's make it intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of our, our general mentality. And um, we really uh, just wanted that time to be something that we were super focused on. It wasn't going to be wasted. We weren't going to just be uh, drop-off parents. Um, th- I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But for us, we wanted to take... Uh, kind of more advantage of that time. Does that make sense? Good. Yeah. yeah. Blake? Uh, I'll go real quick. Uh, some values I saw growing up that I think my dad and mom did a great job um, impressing upon us was, was some of the things that John talked about. Man, being teachable, uh, being coachable, uh, taking the, translating the lessons we got to learn from, for me, football or baseball, whatever it might be, to then life. So having those conversations on the way home, uh, talking about what we learned when I struck out in the game, I, I was not a good hitter in baseball, <laughs> uh, so there was plenty of time for that. Taking taking that conversation and talking about how we could apply that into life, that was always uh, opportunities my dad took. Uh, then the other one was always giving your best effort. Uh, we talked about that more than anything. How was your effort today? You know, like like John said, loved watching you play. And then if there was ever a time that I would get coached or I'd get in trouble on the way home or I would hear it from my dad, is it. Uh, it was if I did not give my best effort. Uh, there weren't many times that that happened, uh, but that was, that was a big value in our house as it related to sports. And that all those values were translated to other things that would, you know, benefit me there yeah. in life. That's good. So, Blake, I'll let you start the, kind of the second question, and we'll pass it back down. But uh, growing up then, what were some of the mistakes that uh, your parents made in that that you guys have talked about since that time uh, where you felt like there was either an overemphasis or underemphasis on something that uh, either stole from your family or stole from a relationship with a parent? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. We, it didn't happen very much, and I'm so thankful for, for my father and the way that he was teachable himself along the way, that he would be willing to listen to me as an 11-year-old, say, hey, Dad, I, I, this really doesn't feel good. I didn't articulate it as clearly, but basically was trying to say, I don't appreciate you coaching me on the way home or telling me all about the ways I need to you know, keep my stance wider and keep driving on this block or whatever. He didn't do that very much, but uh, him not... Uh, coaching me immediately, giving me feedback immediately about how I performed uh, was really, really good. Uh, later in life, it became me seeking him out. But hey, dad, what did you see? What could I have done better today? Because I, I mean, he, he got paid, paid to block people for a living for a while. And so I was wise to ask him. Uh, but, but it was so good when I got to ask him rather than him 
uh, you know, uh, impressing that on me, giving me unsolicited advice. That was that was really, really, really good of him, and something I'll take uh, going forward as I raise my kids. Yeah, it's good. Marshall, mistakes that you guys have made. Yeah, so I mentioned this just a minute ago. That the biggest mistake that we've made is is in the the level of um, activity all at one time. So uh, we chose uh, we had the mentality that um, sports were like a a family commitment. We wanted to have the whole family at as much of the activities as we could. And so one of the things that we kind of messed up with is when we broke that rule and let let Parker play kind of two sports at one time because they were going to over, over, only overlap a little, a bunch of rainouts happened, and we had two seasons right on top of each other. And we had like, um, I was telling my table just a minute ago, we had uh, like seven acti- seven sports between like Thursday night and Sunday morning for one kid, right? And we just got a taste of what it might be like to be in select sports. And, and maybe we're headed that way, you know, that we're only in rec sports, but those are going to those are going to fall off after some point, and the only option is going to probably be select sports. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but our biggest mistake was just that, is like signing up for too much because it eroded our whole family. Kids were too tired. We were too tired. Kids were grumbly, complaining with each other. It was just a mess. And it was all just so that we could be involved in something that's, you know, in the end, meaningless. Right? Yeah, that's so. good. Charles? What was the question again? <laughs> so, uh, just mistakes that you guys oh, made. Mistakes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too, too much involvement. Uh, uh, we, we were involved in a lot of select sports. I had four kids. Uh, at one time, we were playing between the four, five select sports um, in the same season. And it was very, very involved. Um, you know, we, we, we made that our family time, but it was still just very involved. And it was just like it dominated our life from like a Thursday night to a Sunday night. We were always gone. Uh, there were times when I'd be on the West Coast and my wife would be on the East Coast at volleyball tournaments. And so we, we split up because we had daughters playing on different teams. And so it was just the intense involvement. Um, we look back on that and we kind of agree, hey, it was just too much. We, did, we shouldn't have done too much. And so, and also, and I was, I was the parent that was always yelling and screaming and, you know, that the ball was in or the ball was out or, you know, that she was in the net or she wasn't in the net and all that kind of stuff. And so we got too emotionally involved. That was a big mistake. <laughs> you lawyered up on the, on the rest. Very, very much so. I was really giving it to him. <laughs> you can't do that to a judge, but to a referee, you know, That's to right. an extent you can get away with it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so, um, uh, with that, I, I want to go back to, you know, John talked about uh, just making it about you. And I, I see that, uh, you know, so often I think that is one of the major pitfalls that especially dads fall into. That we, uh, I, I've had the exact same experience that John mentioned of that first soccer game and just wanting so badly. And even like, uh, it's so funny, this weekend uh, I, was, I had to miss a game and Josiah was at uh, uh, my youngest daughter's game that Allison coaches. And, and he was like a wreck afterwards because the refs were terrible. That's all I, I got the text from him. Dad, the refs were terrible. And then he was just in this really bad mood. And I was like, bro, you know, that was like your little sister playing soccer. It wasn't you. But I see so often just even my own emotions, the emotions of dad getting sucked down uh, with, uh, you know, the, the wins, the losses, the good performance and all that. And so for you guys, what were some of the pitfalls that uh, you see and, and even maybe protect against, you know, Marshall, for you right now as you're right in the, the thick of it, but uh, some of those pitfalls that you're prone to, to slip into? Well, we kind of, we, you touched on it and, uh, and we, we always touch on it and that is getting too involved, getting too emotional, 
you know, they're going to survive the game. They're going to survive the bad call. And are there bad calls? Of course there are. Um, but that's, that's just part of sports. And so you just kind of flow with it. And, you know, the ups and the downs of a tournament, a championship game, you know, where you're trying to qualify to go to the Nationals or something like that, it's just so emotional. And, and the pitfalls are you let that dominate your thinking and dominate, you know, kind of who you are. And uh, you, you just got to learn to tap it down and understand there's a whole lot bigger picture here. And it's not about that particular game or that particular point or that particular team or that particular tournament. It, there's a lot bigger picture, and you got to keep your, keep your eye on the big ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, kind of similar. Um, I didn't take sports myself to a super high level. I mean, it, I played for my high school and – you know, we kind of sucked and, you know, played intramurals and then in men's league, you know, we're really good at division nine out of 13 in North Dallas soccer. So, um, so in the end it wasn't, it hasn't been too much of a draw for me to take sports too seriously because they never were too serious. I didn't play college ball or anything like that. Um, However, I also know that I'm not immune. So, you know, when, when my son's game came down to, we almost won first place. It was like, it was the last game in overtime, shootouts, came down to the last ball, and we miss, you know, hit it off the post or something like that. You know, it was like really emotionally involved. And, and I think a long time ago, uh, Todd or somebody here on stage said that, like, if, if your team, like, loses, if Dallas Cowboys lose, and you find yourself kind of depressed the next day, you're probably taking sports too seriously. So... Um, even though I, I feel like <laughs> probably, yeah. probably, uh, I, I kept that in pretty good balance, but I wasn't, I certainly wasn't, um, immune to it for sure. And, and the only other struggle that kind of comes to mind is just, um, you know, like my daughter is not super into soccer and it's kind of, when we think about our family, we think about soccer being our primary sport. It's kind of how Alice and I got to know each other. Uh, something we're passionate about, uh, but what if they don't like it, right? What if what if she doesn't like it? And so we do project, I think, or we struggle to project a little bit of ourselves on our kid. My 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 oldest is is all into sport or all into soccer, so that's easy. My middle may or may not, and who knows what my my next son will be. But we got to keep that. Um, you know, what if she wants to do ballet instead of soccer? We need to be okay with that, right? That's good. So, Blake, just if you will, just kind of uh, to wrap up, what would you say uh, from a positive side? You know, what, what have been the positive impact of you now into adulthood and now early fatherhood and all that kind of stuff that, that you go, man, these were things that I learned through the way my parents shepherded me uh, around activities and sports. I know you did choir and, and a lot of other things. It wasn't just sports. And um, so what, what are some of the positive things that you took away from that? I mean, I, I think I appreciate it more and more as I get older, Wes. Um, I, learning and, and now stepping into being a dad now. I've been a dad for 11-ish months. My daughter's 10 weeks old, uh, but preparing my heart to, to get there. Just learning how, how thankful I am for the way that they uh, sought to get better and sought to parent God's way as best they could. So much similar to, like, you know, I, I think my dad could have written this PowerPoint that John did. Uh, I was loving taking that away. Uh, but things that I've I've learned from them, the the thing that you talked about, John, about what what do you inspect of your kids? What do you follow up on? What do you care about most? Uh, my dad and my mom weren't weren't following up. Who are you dating? Who do you have feelings for? Who do you this and celebrating and keeping up, you know, up to speed on what the little gossip was in my friend group. They weren't, 
uh, talking so much about what I need to do in the uh, next game. What, what can we do differently? How, how this team there, what do we need to do to get a scholarship? What, what school do we need to call or send your highlight film to? Uh, they did all those things um, in, in a very appropriate way, but they celebrated so much more character things that they saw. And they rewarded those things. They, they celebrated, got excited about each one of us, me and my three siblings, uh, the same way, whether one of us was an all-state center uh, or whether one of us was, um, you know, in, in a choir, in, in not the top choir at the high school. Um, and so I saw them get equally excited about everything that every kid was doing. So there was no Blake is doing, you know, this or Martha Kate's the top, you know, drama and choir gal at school. Everybody was celebrated and everybody was encouraged in, in just who God made them. And that is the biggest thing I'll, I mean, I'll take away and hope to install and, and, and replicate. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys very much. Will you guys give these guys a hand and thank them? Thank you, brother. So we want to give you guys a chance just to talk about uh, this at your tables uh, here in just a minute. I, I will say, uh, I'll link to this, but uh, uh, Blake's dad, Kirk, uh, was actually just interviewed on a podcast along with Mike Singletary talking about this topic. Uh, and it's a uh, great conversation, a lot of echoes of what you heard uh, in John's talk uh, today. And so I'll link to that in the email that you'll get afterwards so you can uh, listen in. And uh, you know, I think what I hope that you hear from these men and from John and from me is uh, I think that the biggest mistake that we can make in this area is just to not be thoughtful. Um, you will get sucked into the vortex of North Dallas uh, culture and in a lot of different ways. And sports is one of the, uh, the strongest gravitational pulls that I see on the family uh, in, uh, here at Watermark and, and here in North Dallas. And, and so we just want to help you to be thoughtful and to go, man, I, I don't want to just stumble into these things. And I know a lot of you guys are going, man, uh, there's expecting parents here who you don't even have a kid yet. And you're going, why are we talking about sports? This is one of those, hey, better to be an hour early than a minute late. And so, man, be thoughtful about this now be thinking about, now how can we, and so we're going to encourage you to have some conversations with your spouse, uh, to look at really at the end of the day, this topic is about time and the stewardship of time and the realization that that shot clock is ticking uh, in, in a lot of different areas, not just for your kids, but just for all of us and realizing we are finite creatures given a certain amount of time and we can either major in minor things or we can major in what God has called us to major in. And we want to help you as dads to major in those things. So spend some time at your tables right now just talking about that. Your table leaders will lead you through a discussion. And then I'll come up here right about 8 o'clock and, and uh, wrap up our time. But give you about 30 or 40 minutes to um, spend some time talking about that. And then we'll wrap up in a minute.